This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're joined in the studio by Frank Hoare, the executive director of the State Thruway Authority, who's here to discuss a host of topics related to the state's 570-mile superhighway system, which, if I believe I'm right, turns 70 next year. Uh, welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you very much for the invite. Uh, good to be with you again. So sticking with that birthday I mentioned, do you have any big plans to celebrate the 70th for the thruway system next year? And I guess as a follow-up for that, can I piggyback some upcoming birthdays that my parents have on top of those festivities? You can always piggyback your parents' anniversaries and birthdays on, onto thruway, but our plans uh, for the thruway is to keep doing what we've been doing, which is to keep a safe and reliable road that's open to our commercial traffic and to our passenger vehicles. So keeping it low key for the 70th, I hear you. So starting on January 1, a toll increase is going to take effect for the thruway system with a 5% uptick for New York EasyPass users and a higher cost increase for other users of the system. How much revenue does your recently adopted budget anticipate generating in 2024 from the toll hike? Is there a meaningful increase you're expecting? There is. Between $92 million and $100 million uh, a year over the next uh, four years. I will say to you that has enabled us that all that money will be going back into construction and operation and maintenance of the throughway system. So we will be able to increase what we spend on the system by approximately 25%. And that increase is despite a projected decrease in, in traffic along the system? Traffic is adjusting to pre-COVID levels. Okay. So uh, whereas in between 20 and 22, commercial traffic was way up and passenger vehicle down for, for all the reasons we know about COVID and how it impacted our, our lives. That is now leveling, leveling down. The commercial traffic is, uh, is down approximately 4%, and the passenger vehicles are, are holding steady. They've increased since COVID, but they're holding steady to pre-COVID levels. Again, people are coming out. They're commuting to work. They're visiting family. They're going out and uh, visiting sites around the state. And in terms of the revenue growth, is the driver of that primarily those non-New York Easy Pass drivers, those drivers who also don't have an Easy Pass right now? Because as I mentioned, the increase for Easy Pass drivers in New York is what, just 5%? The increase for, for those with Easy Pass is 5%, mm-hmm. and 84% of New Yorkers have an easy pass. So the differential, though, for those without an easy pass and for those from out of state uh, is higher. It's a 75% differential. But what we anticipate driving that that increase is the 5% plus the other revenues. And again, all of that, as I said, is reinvested right back into the system. Yeah, I want to talk about the reinvestments. Uh, the capital program for the next five years is expected to be about $2.4 billion, about a quarter higher than the five-year plan running from 2023 to 2027. What should users of the system expect as the result of that increased investment? How do we see that play out uh, among the system? Well, our drivers will see that investment. We'll see their workers out there paving stretches of road, repairing bridges that overpass the, the throughway. Mm-hmm. That is where the vast, vast majority of, of the money goes. Again, we have, as you noted, an aging system, 60 to 70 years old, and that is 570 miles and 817 bridges. When folks talk about throughway bridges, they tend to think of uh, Grand Island or uh, the Governor Cuomo Bridge. But the cost to us is really uh, maintaining, operating, repairing 
those 817 bridges that, that overpass the throughway. So drivers will be out there. They'll see throughway employees. They'll see our contractors out there repaving miles and miles of throughway, making repairs to those bridges, and uh, generally uh, operating the systems to ensure that it stays safe and reliable. And do you expect to see that benefit begin to play out as soon as 2024, or do we not really realize that until 2025 or, or other out years? Well, we'll see immediate benefits to where the work is being performed. Again, that's why we have a five-year capital plan. We're not only performing the work and focusing on what has to be done now in 2024, but we're planning out. Uh, it's a multi-year process, so we are have a plan through 2028. Uh, the cycle will begin again this winter when we start looking at the capital plan for the f- following year. And we'll be very quickly into looking at where we should be in 2028 and 2029. A five-year plan includes 2027, which is when another toll adjustment, as the Thruway Authority likes to call it, uh, is scheduled to take effect. So does that five-year plan also factor in that toll adjustment as well? Uh, it does for those current years now, and, and as we progress each year with uh, expanding out the capital plan, we'll take adv- advantage of those numbers. And again, we anticipate doing what we're doing right now, which is investing uh, every single dime of that back into the system. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capital Press Room, and we're speaking with Frank Hoare, the Executive Director of the State Thruway Authority. So over the Thanksgiving holiday, there was uh, increased attention, so to speak, on the use of speed cameras in certain highway work zones. Can you talk about the origin of that program and tell us about the parts of the thruway system that are covered by this automated ticketing process? Sure, Dave. So the uh, work zone enforcement uh, is a pilot program that was passed by the legislature and signed by the governor, and it directed uh, thruway authority and the Department of Transportation to come up with a program to make work zones more safe, safe for our workers and safe for those driving. So in terms of the throughway, uh, we have a uh, system where 10 we're required to set up each week in 10 different work zones, and I will say they are active work zones. What does active mean? Active means that there are actually workers on there uh, performing the work during the day. Mm-hmm. Those cameras uh, are not operating uh, at 6 o'clock in the evening if there's no one there, um, but they're operating when, when, when our workers are actually uh, in the work zone performing uh, the work. And again, it, the point is not to raise revenue. The point is to make uh, those zones safer, not just for throughway and Department of Transportation employees, but for drivers. And what we've seen in these first eight months is that we, we are changing uh, bad behavior. Folks are paying attention. We've gotten their attention. And they are slowing down in, as, they go, as they approach a work zone and, and drive through a work zone. And they're obeying the, the uh, speed zones, speed limits, and they are listening to the directions that, that they are being given. Uh, of the several million uh, drivers who have driven through a work zone in these eight months, only about 2% have actually been ticketed. So I think that shows that uh, the success of the program and that we are achieving what was the intent, was, which was to make, to make the, uh, the zone safer, ensure that those working in those work zones uh, get to go home to their families, and for just folks driving along the thruway, that they're not hurt in any way. 
a lot to unpack there. So let's start with the threshold for when a ticket is issued. Is that clearly established in law or is that uh, left up to the thruway authority or other operators to determine you know how far above the speed limit someone is driving before they get ticketed or do anyone who is driving above the posted speed limit receive one of these tickets the legislation calls for if you're in excess of uh, 10 miles over the posted speed limit that is when uh, you would get a notice of violation and given a number of days to respond to that, uh, for a first violation, it's uh, $50. For a second violation, within 18 months of the first, it goes up to 75 And you have a third violation, with, again, within that 18 months, it defined as $100. Uh, there are no points that go on uh, your license as a result of this. Um, but again, the point is not to collect money. It's to, to change behavior make, and make uh, drivers slow down. And you've made the argument that it has been successful in, in achieving those goals. So how do you actually measure, the, say, the speeds that people are going through these work zones in and maybe the number of accidents uh, or people getting injured uh, that we're seeing as a result of this taking effect? I mean, do you actually have data that you're referring to here? We have data, data generated by our, our vendor uh, that we are starting to look at now. Again, we're in the eight, month, uh, eight months into uh, the program, and that we'll be analyzing and, and, and responding to the legislature on. But data's, data is generated at each of these work zones and by the, by the cameras and how many people are coming through the work zone, what is their average speed, the time of day that they're, that they're coming through. And our intent is to, to use that data to make the zone even, even safer. Obviously, the, the number of violations... Uh, uh, that, that, that I've seen is, is the volume is higher during morning and evening commute hours, which would make sense. More people are out. Um, Friday night seems to be a big uh, night for generating these. Uh, again, that's how I like to spend my time is on the thruway system. <laughs> that's, that, that, it's, a, it's a crazy Friday night. <laughs> that's right. Well, apparently people are speeding to get where, wherever they, they, they are. And I should say not night, but uh, you know, late afternoon, early evening, again, because it's, a, it's only an active it's only through active work zones, but you see that tick up as, as, as commuting habits take place. Well, as you noted, this is a pilot program, and you said it's been working. So would you like to see it expanded and made permanent? I'd like to see it's a five-year pilot program, so I think uh, we'll need to look at uh, all the data. Um, if it continues to enhance and increase safe driving habits, uh, I would be all for that. Would you be inclined to utilize this type of speed monitoring in lieu of, say, state police officers on the system, which, I mean, you guys spend, I think, about $70 million annually in reimbursements uh, for those officers. So is this a way to potentially save on personnel costs? No, I don't see it that way. Again, this is one piece of the uh, of a program uh, and one piece of the efforts that we make to, to ensure the safety of the, the traveling public. We still need our state police out there uh, responding not just to speeders but to, to everything that happens on, on the throwaway. Well, would this let state police focus on other things besides speeding if you were to utilize uh, cameras uh, more broadly? It could help uh, with that. They could uh, focus elsewhere, but I would leave that to the state police to determine their, their operational tempo. And after a quick break, we'll continue our wide-ranging discussion about the state's 570-mile superhighway system with our guest, Frank Hoare, Executive Director of the State Thruway Authority. 
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. For listeners just joining us, we're continuing our discussion about the state's 570-mile superhighway system with our guest, Frank Hoare, the executive director of the State Thruway Authority. In the spring of 2023, we were hearing about the likelihood of cost overruns with the development of the uh, two dozen plus service plazas getting rebuilt or renovated. Has this resulted in any change to the overhaul of the service plazas in order for maybe the operators trying to find ways to save money from what they originally pitched? Or is the uh, original plan still the one being executed? Well, again, from our point of view, the original plan stays in place. This was a $450 million public-private partnership that the Thruway entered into with a company to operate the service areas. They, in turn, entered into a contract with a design builder to actually get the work done. So our costs have not increased. The work is continuing. As, as we sit here, 12 new service areas newly rebuilt are open. Three others are open that we haven't gotten to yet. And 12 are under various stages of construction. Now, we have fallen approximately 10 months behind the originally uh, conceived construction schedule. Um, allegedly, that's due to, to, to COVID and supply chain issues and uh, geopolitical events that they have cited. Um, we'll see at the end of this result, but from our point of view, what's important is uh, no toll dollars, no tax dollars uh, is being spent on, on these new re- renovations. And the whole point is to modernize our system, right? The, the going to electronic tolling started our modernization efforts. Service area reconstruction is, is part of that as we continue to modernize and provide better services and benefits to, to the driving public. But going back to kind of the impetus for that question, are you expecting any changes to the original plans as a result of efforts maybe by the contractors to save money or is what they originally pitched you what they are still delivering to the state through authorities service plazas what they originally pitched to us uh, remains in place 12 are open 12 are under various stages of construction now we'll see another five open by early summer and uh, we'll continue over the next uh, two years to get all 27 either newly built or refurbished in one of our past conversations, you said that a lot of the uh, anecdotal conversations you're having about the service plazas were that people really enjoying them, a lot of good feedback. Has that continued to be the case? That has continued. It's increased uh, in, since the summer. I get a lot of calls on this. I get a lot of comments from uh, not only the public, but obviously family and friends that are driving along. Uh, but overwhelmingly, people understand that they're walking into new, modernized facilities. They're, they're more open. They're lighter. Uh, the bathrooms are, are modernized and, cl- and cleaner. When they work? And, and they, Well, I think they work the vast, vast majority of the time. At least that's, uh, we've not gotten too many uh, complaints on that of, of, of late. And as each one opens, as we open a new one, you know, the, 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 the crowd issues go down because we, we, we add to the, to, to the system. And they enjoy the other amenities that, that, that are there. You know, we have playgrounds for, for children, uh, dog walking. We have amenities for our, uh, our truckers and commercial drivers. So all of that is, is adding up to a more modern, better experience for folks. And they, they enjoy the, the food vendors that are there. It's a much higher quality than was there in the past. And when they're open? 
Well, most of them are they're open 20 at every single service area. They're open. You get hot and cold uh, opportunities uh, 24 hours a day. And uh, for those that, that that see lines, I think that's really a testimony that, that we've put in successful and popular vendors. Well, after the interview, I'll get your cell phone number so my mom and I can text you when we're driving on the thruway. But, uh, you Anytime. Know, <laughs> excellent. So in preparing for this interview, because I'm a, an ace interviewer, uh, I was reading your 2024 budget book, and I noticed uh, two of the thruway authority boards, seven seats are vacant. Three board members, including the chair, are filling out terms that expired a couple of years ago, and only two are in current terms. What's the effect, if any, that you see of that balance? Well, just on the numbers, there are Pursuant to statute, there are seven positions on the board. Right. Five are filled. Right. So, so we currently have two vacancies. Mm-hmm. And there's been no impact to, uh, to our day-to-day operations on, on those vacancies. Uh, we're working with the governor's office to, to fill, fill them. Uh, one was filled at the end of last session. So we will continue those efforts to put quality, talented, experienced people on the board. Yeah, I wouldn't anticipate it would impact your day-to-day operations because you've got that on lockdown. I mean, the governor's trusted you there. But in terms of long-term thinking and having a diverse array of voices, do you feel that you're limited at all by only, say, having five of those seats filled? Are there other voices and perspectives that you could theoretically be getting if seats six and seven were filled? Well, we're always looking to increase diversity and, and bring talent uh, to that uh, to the board uh, to add to uh, what we have available to us, run the throughway. Uh, but we have a tremendously talented group of five. Uh, we have a former county executive as our chair. We have uh, the vice chair as a former uh, division of budget uh, director and state government legend, Bob Megna. Uh, and we have our three other uh, appointees are all, again, um, uh, talented, experienced uh, government hands that uh, really uh, contribute a lot to me and to the executive staff. In, in the decisions that we have to make. How many more years do you think you need to rack up of government service before we're going to call Frank Hoare a government legend? Uh, I don't think I'll ever get into the same category as a Bob Magna. Gotcha. So is the Thruway Authority approaching road safety any differently this winter in light of ongoing calls to reduce the use of road salt? Is that something that you're examining at all? Because there are some pilot programs that I know the Department of Transportation is looking at. Is this something on your radar at all? Well, we're always looking at alternatives to be environment-friendly, but uh, what we use now uh, we feel is sufficiently environment-friendly. Again, our mission is to keep the roads safe. So we've just uh, begun the snow and ice season. Uh, We've had a couple of press conferences on that. I can say to to the traveling public, uh, we are ready, we are prepared. Uh, This is a process that started uh, months ago. Uh, every single piece of our equipment uh, has been inspected and, 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 and prepped and ready to go, and that's over 400 vehicles. Our, our snow and ice operators, uh, uh, approximately 650 individuals, are, 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 are trained and retrained and, and, and ready to go. And finally, we have all the materials that we need, uh, including 129,000 tons of, of salt, ready to go and, 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 and get out there. So... Uh, we know earlier this week the snow has already fallen uh, in parts of western New York and, and, and on the throughway system. So Buffalo Division did a tremendous job, as they always do, in getting out there and plowing the roads and, 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 and responding to emergencies and keeping it safe. So we are ready to go and uh, ready for another winter season in, in upstate New York.
Are you looking, though, for additional staff to help with snow removal? I know we've heard from the Department of Transportation that they are always hurting for bodies. And uh, it's my understanding that, you know, the thruway authority, the vacancy rate's approximately, you know, 14 percent. So are there additional jobs you'd like to fill when it comes to snow removal? We have some jobs that are always ready to fill. We're down actually 4 percent this winter. We've been able to, for our snow uh, and, and, and ice uh, teams, our, our, our snowplow drivers. Mm-hmm. Last winter, we, we agreed to a uh, what's called a, a geographical pay differential, so mm. we were able to add to the salaries of our uh, snowplow operators. That helped us uh, uh, to retain uh, our staff. It helped us to attract new staff uh, and put us in a better uh, bargaining position uh, vis-a-vis our, our, our state uh, agencies and uh, local governments. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Frank Hoare. He's the executive director of the State Thruway Authority and a legend in my mind. Frank, thank you so much for making the time. Dave, thank you very much. Tremendous to be here with you as always and uh, best wishes for a happy holiday. Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.